0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to week 13 of Undercovered Ops on the Player Profiler Radio Network, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, SoundCloud. Right here, right now, live on YouTube, forward slash player profiler. You can check it out every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, live. Click that like button, click that subscribe button, and click that bell so you get notified when we go live every single day of the week. Whether it's me, the Podfather, Anand, Josh, everybody, all week, click that bell button, get notified when we go live on YouTube. But this week, I am here to talk about some underwhelming players, but that's kind of where we sit. We're talking Zay Jones. We're talking Juwan Jennings, Laquan Treadwell, all these painful guys that you don't want to talk about, but they're getting opportunities. And quite frankly, if you're in those deep leagues like I am, I'm starting some of these guys, and it is painful because of all these injuries that we're facing right now. And it's been a talking point on many shows this week how many injuries we've seen from the running back position, from the wide receiver position, just like every single week. It's more and more and more guys going on IR. I can't remember who dropped the list, but uh, maybe it was Graham Barfield. He dropped the list of all the, I think it was the top 24 running backs via ADP before the season. And out of like the top 15, it was Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler, I think, that were healthy and, and exceeding expectation. Everybody else was hurt, been hurt, didn't play games you know, slacking off, like just, it's been a mess to say the least. Quite frankly, you're sitting in situations where Amir Abdullah is viable, where Zay Jones is viable. You have to play LaVisca because you have to play LaVisca because he's still getting those nine targets, whether he gets 33 yards or 99 yards, you still have to do it. It's a shitty situation to be in, I guess, but it's week 13. Fantasy playoffs for some people start next week. For some people, they start week 15. Next week will be the season finale of undercovered ops. Then I'll take a couple week hiatus, jump on the mind of mansion, and then I'll be back early January with undercovered prospects week after week after week. Don't miss out. If they're not on the player profile YouTube, they will be on youtube.com forward slash Cody Carpentier. So check that out as well. But let's just go to Carolina. Quite frankly, Cam Newton was not back like we thought he was he played well in arizona and then he came home played great game against washington and then this week he completes five passes through three quarters and then pj walker comes in the fourth quarter and completes five passes by himself it was terrible dj Moore nine targets four receptions 103 yards the biggest takeaway from this game And he's getting no talk right now. Still, still getting no talk. is DJ Moore finishes with four receptions for 103 yards, and the team completed 10 total passes. That doesn't even really make sense. You're like Cam Newton was five for what is it five for 21 or something like that, and and PJ Walker was five for 11, and DJ Moore caught four passes for 100 yards. What? But he did. Robbie Anderson one for 15 yards. Brendan Zilstra one for 24 yards. Shai Smith was out there. He ran nine routes in the slot, 11 total routes, and Terrace Marshall was inactive. Terrace Marshall was inactive. He can't separate. He has not been taking control and earning that spot. Brandon Zilstra is taking that spot away from him. Shai Smith has been inactive the last few weeks, and Shai Smith is back active. He played week six, week seven, week eight. The role was growing, and then he was inactive, 9, 10, 11. Back in week 12, playing against Miami, he was in a 28% snap share, ran 12 routes, no targets, no receptions, obviously, no fantasy points. It's tough. In in Dynasty, I think you can still get away with adding Shai Smith to the taxi squad. Terrace Marshall is a painful one. If you're in Dynasty where you're holding everybody all year long, obviously you're going to hold Terrace Marshall. But in redraft, Terrace, you have, if you haven't dropped them already, you have to drop them. You just have to. Um, it's The offense just doesn't. There's no output here. And until they have a bye week this week, but until they come back and prove that they're going to have output, you can't trust anybody in this offense outside of DJ Moore at running back. Christian McCaffrey goes down back to the IR again, Amir Abdullah, Chuba Hubbard. Obviously you guys know, I love Chuba Hubbard have loved him since day one. He's a fourth or fifth on my highest ownerships on underdog fantasy for this exact reason. Because I did not trust Christian McCaffrey, I didn't trust him going into last year. I had zero shares Christian McCaffrey on Underdog this year. I had four point two percent Christian McCaffrey and twenty five point two percent of Chuba Hubbard for a reason. Because I like Chuba, I like the profile. He's fast, and I thought situation would arise. Situation has arisen, and now, quite frankly, it's not as beautiful as it was earlier in the season because Amir Abdullah is there. I like Amir Abdullah. He flashed as a Viking. He got cut from the Vikings after week seven. He comes in against Atlanta week one with the Carolina Panthers. Eight carries, five targets, three receptions, 66 total yards, 9.6 fantasy points. They play Atlanta in week 14, not 13, week 14. Amir Abdullah is going to have a pretty significant role in this offense. Will he be Christian McCaffrey Dupino Hell no. Will Chuba? No. Will they combine for the same output that Christian McCaffrey had? Probably not. But Amir Abdullah will be viable in the passing game. Why do I say that? Rest of season, why am I more on Amir Abdullah than I am Chuba Hubbard? It's the schedule. We've already seen Chuba Hubbard against Atlanta earlier in the season. Had 24 carries, one target. Amir Abdullah have eight carries, five targets. They play Atlanta in week 14. They have a bye this week. They play Atlanta in week 14. And the schedule to end the season is freaking brutal. Buffalo, Tampa, New Orleans, Tampa. That is the most brutal run stretch you will have for fantasy, for even football. Buffalo, Tampa, New Orleans, Tampa is tough for the NFL, let alone fantasy. Running the ball against Buffalo, good luck. Tampa, yeah, right. New Orleans, get out of here. They're going to be throwing the ball often. Out of the backfield, sure. And most of that's going to go to Amir Abdullah. That's why I will not be using Chuba as much as I will be adding and using Amir Abdullah, sadly. Washington, Terry McLaurin leads the show again. Seven targets, four receptions, 51 yards. Uh, Antonio Gibson gets back in the target range, seven targets, seven receptions, 35 yards, obviously 36 touches on the game, 29 carries, 111 yards. But quietly, J.D. McKissick, seven carries, 30 yards. He gets his five targets. He gets his 26 yards. He's RB22 right now, averaging 11.6 fantasy points per game. That's 28th in the NFL. Last year, if you remember right, he finished so hot, 12.0 fantasy points per game, 28th in the NFL. He's sitting in the exact same spot as he was last year. And he's RB-22 on the season. He's an RB-2 that you're starting in that RB-3, RB-4 spot if you're using them at all. I have to use him in a couple leagues because the Patreon Power League with the Podfather, we start five receivers. We start four running backs minimum. You have to do that in certain situations. You can ride those J.D. McKissick targets. Jarrett Patterson was in there for three snaps and one carry. Antonio Gibson is healthy. Antonio Gibson is going to carry this load. But... J.D. McKissick works perfectly off of Gibson. he did at the end of last year, and he's going to do it again this year as he is. Logan Thomas returned, five targets, three receptions, 31 yards. That's going to continue to grow. John Bates' role was chopped in half, obviously, because Logan Thomas is back, but Bates is still out there, eight routes, one target, one reception, 15 yards. Not really worried about Bates at all. Diami, three routes, Cam Sims, four. The biggest rise, obviously, in this offense is Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel returns. Curtis Samuel catches one ball on three slot routes and six total routes. He has one carry for four yards. Is Curtis Samuel back has been the question. He hasn't done a damn thing since he's been there. Obviously, everyone was like, "Whoa, what's Curtis Samuel going to bring to this offense? And the answer was, we don't know. But. After the game, he makes that one catch. He makes that one rush attempt. They ask Curtis Samuel, you know, how you feeling? He said, I just felt the energy. This is a quote. I just felt the energy. I got hit pretty good. I got up, and I wanted to show the crowd that I'm still here. He said he feels good. He feels more energetic, and he's not worried about the injury. That's the number one thing that you always hear. He had groin surgery, obviously, before the season, rushed it back, had a setback after the Atlanta game, and quite frankly, he's just never been right. And now, is he right? We're going to have to see. But he played 20 snaps. He had a carry. He had a target. He ran six routes. It's a positive thing for Curtis Samuel that you can start to depend on. Will I play him this week? Probably not. Will I start to depend on him more week after week? Yes. Will he push out Adam Humphreys and DeAndre Carter's role and maybe bite into J.D. McKissick a little bit? Most likely. That's the role. He has a carry. He had a target. DeAndre Carter, five targets, four receptions, 56 yards. Again, DeAndre Carter continues to just be that thorn in the side of the output that you're hoping for from McLaurin, McKissick, Logan Thomas. DeAndre Carter's there. Five targets, four sessions, 56 yards. Again, obviously, like I said, 25 routes, 32 for McLaurin, 16 for Humphreys, and six for Curtis Samuel. I I have been out on Curtis Samuel all year, but quite frankly, I'm adding him back um in those certain spots that I need him because he's an explosive athlete. And if he's actually if he's actually healthy and he actually feels that twitch that he's not worried, I'm there. I'm there. I'm back with Curtis Samuel. He's cheap. He's free. Go get him in those leagues that you can. Go down to Cleveland. Obviously, they are just this team. It's, it's a lost season, quite frankly. It's just a lost season. Chubb and Hunt are back. Chubb at eight carries, Hunt seven. 14 routes for Chubb, 10 for Hunt, four targets for Chubb one for Hunt, so kind of backwards there as you'd expect the pass to go to Kareem Hunt. Dearness Johnson was in for six snaps, only ran three routes, and had one in the slot but no targets. Jarvis Landry leads the team in targets. Again, 10 targets, six receptions, 111 yards, coming through with that typical Jarvis day. He's the one, I guess. He's the one guy you can trust in this offense. It feels like it's felt like that always, but then once you do trust him, what comes of it? Not much. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 32 routes in comparison to Jarvis Landry's 38. He was number two in the team by a clear lead at wide receiver over Jamarcus Bradley, 14. Jamarcus Bradley had two targets, two receptions, 18 yards. Donovan Peoples-Jones, five targets, two receptions, 10 yards. Okay, it is what it is. Harrison Bryant, though, three receptions on three targets, 50 yards. He has a high ankle buck, so he will be out for a while. David Njoku was already ahead of him. But he bumps up even more. Austin Hooper is Mr. Inconsistency. If you've listened, we hate Austin Hooper. I'm just not there on this unathletic donkey of a tight end. Um, David Njoku is tight end 20 in fantasy right now, and for good reason. He's best comparable to Travis Kelsey, 4'6, 4, 4'40 4, yard dash, 99th percentile burst score, 81st percentile agility score. David Njoku is just a straight up dog, and we've seen what that ceiling gives you. He's especially in this offense where there's not really a lot to go around. It's Jarvis Landry, it's the run game, it's play action, and Stefanski loves to use those tight ends, and we've seen it even back to Minnesota with Irv Smith, Kyle Rudolph. He's going to use them, and now he has arguably a better prospect and a better player than what Rudolph or Irv Smith ever were, and I'm a Viking fan. Kyle Rudolph was a dog. He finished in the top ten in fantasy year after year, but Njoku is a supreme talent and a supreme athlete. He's just always gotten hurt. But 6'4", 250, has been healthy all season. We saw 28-point output against the Chargers, 150 yards, receiving. Few guys in this league can do that. And now the last five weeks, three targets, three targets, four, four, and five. It's growing week after week, 60%, 64%, 73% snap shares, 12 fantasy points this last week. Joku's a guy you can trust rest of season at tight end. Again, like I said, tight end 20 and growing. It's going to continue to grow for David Njoku, and for that, I like it. We'll make a pit stop in New York with the Jets because, LOL, like what? Like you really expected Ty Johnson to take over this fucking backfield? Really? Is that really what you expected? Come on. Ty Johnson? Six carries, nine routes, led the team in routes, led the team in routes at running back, nine. Tevin Coleman, eight. Austin Walter, three routes, no targets, no receptions. I think that might just be a Zach Wilson thing. I don't know. Six carries, 42 yards. Austin Walter, nine carries, 38 yards, and the score. Tevin Coleman, 16 carries, 67 yards, three targets, two receptions. This is Tevin Coleman's backfield. Austin Walter is here. I didn't even realize that they promoted Austin Walter because, um, quite frankly, he's 5'7, 194. When I read these metrics to you, 5'7, 194. Now, listen, my 11 year old brother, who some people, some of you guys in the chat have seen, he's over there on patreon.com, Forza's Carpenter NFL. He's on YouTube over on my channel, Tiger Ball. I do a show with him. That kid, I think he might be 5'7. 150 and he's 11. No bullshit. Austin Walter, 5'7, 194, undrafted out of Rice, 25 years old. He runs a 4.5.4 at his pro day, 19th percentile speed score, 5th percentile burst, 49th percentile agility, and 15 bench reps, which is 11th percentile. So you compare a Ty Johnson to that and you go, Whoa, Ty Johnson's an athlete. And listen, I work with player profile. I get it. I love the athlete, but again, you have to have those intangibles and that trust. And clearly Ty Johnson does not have that, or he's missing something because Austin Walter comes in off the street and gets more carries and he gets a target over Ty Johnson. Why? What? How? I don't know. But Tevin Coleman also 16 carries. Get the fuck out of here. I don't want any part of the show. I, I, I don't want any part of this jets. No, other than Elijah Moore. Get the fuck out of here with the New York Jets. Get out. Baltimore, we talked about Baltimore last week. It is the first game that Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman, and Sammy Watkins played together. And what happened? Sammy Watkins, one target, one reception, eight yards. And some of you guys are like, well, Sammy Watkins, man, we didn't expect much out of Sammy Watkins because he hasn't done much. But... Low-key, Sammy Watkins has been fine all season when he starts. When Sammy Watkins starts a game and finishes a game in 2021, he's actually been strong. Four for 96, four for 44, four for 68, four for 49, three for 48. Like, when Sammy Watkins starts and finishes, he does good. But in all those games that I just listed off, None of these three started together. Bateman missed the majority of those first games. Brown missed a couple of the last games. Now all three start together. Watkins, one for one for eight, 15 routes. Bateman, 17 routes, four receptions on four targets, 31 yards. Devin Duvernay runs 13 routes. So it's 13 for Duvernay, 15 for Watkins, 17 for Bateman. Duvernay gets a two targets, one reception, two yards. And the top dog in this offense. 10 targets, 8 receptions, 51 yards. From Hollywood Brown, 25 routes in comparison to Bateman, 17. Sammy Watkins, 15. Devin DuVernay's 13. It's Hollywood Brown. It's Mark Andrews. Those are the two receivers in this offense. Point blank period. Close the chapter. We love Rashad Bateman, but quite frankly, he needs just more time to grow with Lamar Jackson to get that trust because right now the trust goes to Mark Andrews. The trust goes to Hollywood Brown. That you made. You saw the incredible catch from – Mark Andrews, downfield. Like, you don't throw that prayer ball up to Bateman. He just doesn't because the rapport isn't there. The rapport is there with Mark Andrews. Andrews, 15 slot routes out of 27, six targets, four for 65. And Eric Tomlinson is the tight end behind him, but he didn't do a damn thing. Shout out in the chat. Yes, the Podfather's got to take that L on Ty Johnson, baby. Because Michael Carter was a top 24 running back before he got injured, and he is the OG, believe that. Down to Las Vegas, we talked about this guy. Week 0, first episode of Undercovered Ops in Season 2, Week 2021. Zay Jones, again, leads the team with Hunter Renfro in routes run. 28 for Zay, 28 for Renfro, 11 in the slot for Zay, 14 in the slot for Renfro. Renfro gets 9 targets, Zay gets 7. Those are top 2 on the team. 8 for 149 for Renfro. Obviously, everybody knows about that, but the low-key dude Stays Zay Jones, some of you guys remember 2017, round two, Zay Jones, 6'2", 201, out of East Carolina, one of the most prolific receivers at the college level, period, 39.9% college target share, 99th percentile, Zay freaking Jones, 37.1% college dominator, 75th percentile, 80th percentile and above in every workout metric, 92nd Percentile agility score, 93rd percentile catch radius. Zay is 26. He hasn't even hit that that career peak yet. He's still going. And they lose Ruggs. They lose Nelson Aguilar. Brian Edwards. It feels really shitty right now. It feels like this uh, Nikhil Harry, Brian Edwards, Terrace Marshall. It's painful. Maybe they just fell into the lap of Zay Jones. Maybe Zay is that guy. We saw Carr come out and vouch for Zay Jones. Zay Jones is the hardest worker in this building, period. Get him his opportunities, and now you see him getting his opportunities. Zay Jones is out here, seven targets this week, 59 yards on five catches, multiple weeks this season, seven, two, three, four. He's getting his targets week after week after week. Pushing the opportunities up, 95% snap share, 84% snap share, 73 61 The opportunities are there. Brian Edwards, like I just said, 24 routes, one freaking target. You can't even escape it. Deshaun Jackson, first touchdown of the game. A lot of people hit that prop on Thanksgiving. Shout out three receptions, 102 yards on four targets. Deshaun Jackson's going to fit into that Nelson Eglar, that Henry Ruggs role. He's going to play it probably better than both of those guys did. He wants to be in Vegas. He said he wants to retire in Vegas. It just seems like a good fit, especially with Derek Carr just launching that ball up there. Carr leads the NFL in passing yards right now, and why not? Renville's going to get a million targets. Deshaun Jackson can take the top off the defense. Zay's just going to be running around, stealing opportunities away from Brian Edwards because he outworks him. And then you got Moreau and Darren Waller working across the middle. You got to like it. Not to mention, not to mention, Fourth in routes run at the running back position in week 12, Josh Jacobs, 26 routes run, 22 rush attempts, 87 yards, four targets, two receptions, 25 yards. I mean, can you really hate on Josh Jacobs? I was doing a little bit of research. I can't bring it up right now because I lost it. But I was doing a little bit of research on Jonathan Taylor, and I was like, well, how is Jonathan Taylor squaring up in the – total yards in the first two seasons. Is he going to hit 3,000? He's going to get pushed 2,700, something like that. And the guy's name that popped up in the list below him, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why is Josh Jacobs, I'm pulling it up right now. Why is Josh Jacobs so high up this list? Josh Jacobs finished year two in the NFL with 2,215 rushing yards. That's top 100 all-time rushing yards the first two seasons, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Is he going to hit 1,000 again this year? He's going to come very close. He's at 420 right now on 100 carries. He's got six more games. He's going to have to average 100 yards per game to finish it out. But 3,000-yard seasons would be pretty prolific for Josh Jacobs and pretty impressive if we're being straight-up honest with each other. But he's RB24 right now, right on that cusp of RB2 area, 14.2 fantasy points per game. Josh Jacobs is a guy you can consistently trust, I guess. Henderson and Zeke had 32 routes. Montgomery, Fournette, 29. Eckler, 27. Josh Jacobs, 26. And Saquon, 23. And I'll tell you the one person on that entire list that's getting zero respect, it's Josh Jacobs. Everybody knows Montgomery runs all those routes. Fournette's been a receiving a prolific receiver. Zeke, obviously, up there. Eckler, Saquon. Henderson and Jacobs are pretty low-key, though. At tight end, Darren Waller misses any time. Foster Moreau, the tight end, 1. I put a tweet about a month and a half ago, jokingly, Foster Moreau, Darren Waller were at a Las Vegas Aces basketball game. And I said, hey, look, it's the tight end one and the super fan. And the tight end one was, it was a joke. It's about Foster Moreau. um, But 82nd percentile 40-yard dash, 84th percentile agility, 90th percentile catch radius. Foster Moreau has been a dynasty darling since day one. Fourth round pick out of LSU, 24 and a half years old. This is exactly what we dreamed of. And the only difference is Waller's been in the way. But you can look at it two ways. You can say, well, Waller has been in the way. Or you can say, Foster Moreau's been learning from Darren Waller. And I prefer that way. And I love Foster Moreau. And I'm going to continue to buy him. I'm going to continue to add him because he's a baller straight up. And he fits perfectly behind Darren Waller. Going on to Houston because this is the most... This is the second most annoying spot in the NFL today behind Jacksonville. The Houston Texans, again, are running out Tyrod Taylor. Nico Collins is there. Danny Amendola is getting routes. Chris Conley, Rex Burkhead, David Johnson, Farrell Brown, Anthony Auclair. What are we doing and why are we doing it? I don't know. But finally, there's a little, little tick of, of work. Some brain cells working in Houston of some sorts. David Coley is like, hey, we have young guys that can catch a football and broke out early in college. Maybe they can do that in the NFL. I don't know. Geez. Brevin Jordan, three targets, three receptions, 23 yards, and a touchdown. Brevin Jordan, 15 routes, three in the slot. Give Brevin Jordan the opportunities, my friend, please. He's getting them, scores a touchdown. He gets them. He breaks tackles. He makes plays. He just turned 21 years old. Just give the dude opportunities in this offense. It should be Brevin, Nico, Cooks, and they, like I said last week, they should have a ton of these young running backs just in here. Stevie Scotts, Darius Geist, all all these guys, just bring them in. Why is Burkhead, David Johnson, 12 carries, 10 carries, three targets, two targets? Like, why are you touching the ball? 10 carries and 39 yards? 12 carries 27 yards? Is that really what we're doing here? These guys combined for 22 carries and 60 yards rushing? Really, man, come on. Nico Collins, five targets, Brandon Cooks five targets, Danny Amendola five targets. Nico just needs to get pushed the ball. They just need to script balls to Nico Collins, not Danny Amendola, not David Johnson or Rex Burkhead, not Farrell Brown. Like push the ball to Nico and make him earn that Role that DeAndre Hopkins rule, make him take that role, and they just haven't done it. But buying Brevin Jordan, everyone in Dynasty, still the window's not closed because it's Houston. You have plenty of time. Imagine they move on from Tyrod Taylor, they get a quarterback that starts pushing the ball. I love that. New Orleans plays on Thursday night football. Go over to underdog fantasy. You want to play some New Orleans Saints, you want to play some Dallas Cowboys. Tony Pollard over 61 and a half rushing and receiving yards. Don't believe. Jerry Jones, Fugazi, they're not going to push Zeke the ball 30 times. Tony Pollard over 61.5 yards. He's done that, I believe, in eight games this season. Keep doing it. Dalton Schultz over 45.5 receiving yards. Nick Vanette over 8.5 receiving yards. He's playing tight end in New Orleans. Some of you didn't know, now you know. It's him, Juwan Johnson, Lil Jordan Humphreys, and Taysom Hill's going to use the tight end. Traquan Smith, like I've talked about before. Traquan with Taysom Hill in 2020. Three for 42 and a touchdown against Atlanta. Three for 60 on six targets against Philly. Both games with Michael Thomas. He's going to get pushed the ball over 41.5 for Traquan. There's your four overdogs for the week. Underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code underworld. They will deposit match you up to $100. Go do it and do it now for Thursday night football. Back to New Orleans Saints, though. Taysom Hill is going to get the start, like they said. Traquan Smith, five targets. Ty Montgomery, seven targets. What? Ty Montgomery, seven targets? What are we doing here? Five receptions, 31 yards. Deontay Harris, four targets, one reception, nine yards. Marquez Calloway, four targets, two receptions, 39 yards. Imagine not taking Marquez Callaway anywhere because I didn't. You waited and you added Traquan. Remember that week six, week seven on the Undercovered Ops podcast. Lil Jordan Humphreys, five targets, three receptions, 47 yards. Juwan Johnson, zero targets, zero receptions, zero yards. Nick Vanette, one for one and 11 yards. The breakdown at tight end for New Orleans. No, it wasn't, oh, we're just going to run out tight end A for all the snaps. It was the first drive. Lil' Jordan Humphreys had three snaps at tight end. The rest of the game, Juwan Johnson had 19 snaps at tight end. And Lil' Jordan Humphreys had zero. Lil Jordan Humphreys had 16. Lil Jordan Humphreys had 16 snaps in the slot. Juwan Johnson four in the slot. Lil Jordan Humphreys nine snaps at wide right receiver. Juwan Johnson one. So Jordan Humphreys started at tight end, moved to slot, played some receiver. He did it all. Juwan Johnson mostly was at tight end. Lined up in line at tight end was Juwan Johnson. Lil' Jordan Humphreys got the five targets, three receptions, 47 yards. But again, we got to be careful because that was with Trevor Simeon. Does Taysom Hill come in and favor Humphreys, Johnson, Vanette? I think Vanette's going to be out there, the majority, because he's the best run blocker out of these three guys. And with Taysom Hill, what are they going to do the most? Run the ball. Camara might be back. If he's not, Mark Ingram is back. Tony Jones is there. Tony Jones had 16 carries and a quite laughable stat line. 27 yards, 16 carries, 27 yards. Pretty, pretty terrible. Ty Montgomery also had six carries for 14 yards. Sorry. 27 routes for Traquan, 20 routes for Marquez, 19 for Deontay, and 17 for Ty Montgomery using him as that Swiss Army knife. What do you do in New Orleans? I don't know. You play Ingram when he's there and Camara's not. You play Camara. Every game that Kamara's there, I saw a lot of people saying, well, should you start Kamara if Taysom Hill is playing? Well, quite frankly, if Kamara is healthy, you play Kamara, and you trust that. If he's active, he's healthy. You have to trust that. And that's something that we always get caught up in is, well, geez, Elijah Mitchell's pretty banged up this week. If he's active, I don't think he's going to have a full share. And I'm part of this. I've I've dealt with this. I think everybody deals with this. Is like, well, he's banged up. Do we trust he's going to get a full workload? It depends on the injury. Like Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones got run last week. He got double-digit touches, but he also has A.J. freaking Dillon behind him, the guy that's closest comparable to a Derrick Henry that we've ever seen. So is Tony Jones and Mark Ingram A.J. Dillon? No. So if if Elvin Kamara is back, you're playing Elvin Kamara. Don't even question that. At tight end, you got to stay away this week. Lil Jordan, Juwan, Nick Vanette. The only Nick Vanette action I'm getting in at is tight end on underdog. Eight and a half receiving yards. I'm taking the over on that just because the number is so low and Vanette has proven that he's going to be on the field. He's the best run blocker. And Taysom is going to be on the field, and he uses his tight ends. I'm going Nick Vanette with that, but that's it. San Francisco just talked about him. Elijah Mitchell. This dude dominated the Vikings. i got a buddy out in San Francisco's area. I went to a game in Los Angeles with him at the the Coliseum Rams Vikings a couple years ago. And I told Johnny B, I said, yo, Johnny, I said, tell you what, if they run the ball 35 times in the Minnesota Vikings, San Francisco's going to dominate this game. And he's like, yo, I don't think so, Cody. I don't think San Francisco's got the horses. This is the type of game they drop. And I said, yo, 27 carries for Elijah Mitchell? That's what you're going to get. I think they ran the ball 37 and 39 times. They dominated this game. They beat the Minnesota Vikings. The new question is Is Elijah Mitchell a top 12 Dynasty running back? Is Elijah Mitchell a top 12 dynasty running back? I don't know. If Trey Sermon was doing these same exact things, you'd be putting Trey Sermon up there. So you better, you better check your process because I tell you what, a few of us have been here since day one on Elijah Mitchell. And uh He's a stud, period. It's the same situation he dealt with at Lafayette with Trey Ragus. The only difference is Trey Ragus for the Niners happens to be Trey Sermon. Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver, six targets, three receptions, 91 yards. He's that X in this offense point blank period. We knew it all along. He got in the doghouse. Now he's out. I saw a pretty cool video, actually. I watched this live, but I saw the video again come across Twitter. It was Brandon Ayuk running across the field. And blocking uh Patrick Peterson, and Patrick Peterson barks back, pushes him, grabs him, tries to throw him. Ayuk takes him down to the ground at the same time. And that's the dog you want. That's the mentality you look for. You don't look for the guy that, you know, gets body slammed, doesn't react, falls down, doesn't, you know, he has no gas. There's no, there's no real dog there. You don't, you don't want that. I love this, those little things out of Ayuk that you see. He, he fighting back. He wants it. He wants it. That's what you want. You want a guy that wants it. Debo Samuel, six carries again, three targets, one reception. Still top five wide receiver, obviously, but he's getting all these rushes. It's it's pretty remarkable. He's going to be out one to two weeks with an injury. Probably going to be one week. I'm assuming they're going to bounce him back. They get Seattle this week, but I guess the biggest mover this week is Juwan Jennings. He moves up again. This guy, I'll, I'll pin this tweet on Twitter after this show, but I have a a pretty massive thread with Juwan Jennings on Twitter because, like I just said about Brandon Ayuk, dog mentality. There's a whole video on YouTube dedicated to Juwan Jennings. It's called Dog Mode from Tennessee. You gotta go check this out. It's called Dog Mode, and it's literally made for Juwan Jennings. And when Juwan Jennings was coming out two years ago, I compared him to a different guy that didn't play at Tennessee, but he played at Chattanooga. And no, you're gonna say, Terrell Owens, come on now. But I'm not talking about Terrell Owens being the legendary Terrell Owens because when he came out of college at Chattanooga, he wasn't the legendary Terrell Owens. He was a dog that worked his ass off, and he was unathletic, and he was not the best wide receiver. That's what Juwan Jennings is. I'm talking about the the underrated Chattanooga Terrell Owens. Juwan Jennings has that dog. I'll share this video, but you got, you got to check it out. Juwan Jennings, give him an opportunity. He's got that alpha prototype. It's him and Brandon Ayuk this week. He had two receptions on three targets for 24 yards. He's a massive human. He's six foot five. Juwan Jennings is the definition of an alpha. Yes, he ran a 4.72. Yes, he's best comparable to Laquan Treadwell. But even Laquan Treadwell is breaking out, I guess, in 2021. 6'3, 215 for Juwan Jennings, 24 years old. He was a seventh round draft pick. So. I'm still trusting it. He has a massive size advantage against the Seattle pass defense, and it's Seattle. They're not good on defense, so I'm going to keep pushing it. Probably going to be using some Juwan Jennings, honestly. In uh, going to be hitting some props on Patreon.com forward slash Carpentier NFL. You want to come check those out and in DFS this week. Trent Sherfield will be the next guy up, though. In that, you know, not in the Debo role, but as that third receiver, Kittle, two targets, one interception, 13 yards. Expect a bounce back for Kittle. He's not dead yet. Go to Jacksonville, go to Detroit. In Jacksonville, on the show, Laquan who? And this is built just for this. What on earth are we even watching with Laquan Treadwell right now? Obviously, everybody knows, as a Viking fan, I dealt with Laquan Treadwell for year after year after year of nothing. And when I saw the stat line, when I watched this, I didn't watch this game directly. I saw it pop up on red zone a few times. But when I saw Treadwell just getting hammered with targets, I was like, dude, I don't think he's ever gotten targeted this many times in a single game in this dude's life. And when you look up, of course, Laquan Treadwell's stat lines, he's literally never in his NFL career, and again, this is six seasons, he's never in his NFL career been targeted eight times in an NFL football game. Yes, I'll say that again. He was targeted eight times this weekend, four catches for 53 yards with Laviska Chenault on the field, Marvin Jones on the field, even Tavon Austin on the field, James Robinson, James O'Shea Hennessy. All these guys were on the freaking field. It's not like they weren't on the field. Laquan Treadwell was targeted eight times. The last time he was targeted this many times, seven against the LA Rams in 2018, He had four catches for 47 yards. Before that, six targets, six targets, five, 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 eight targets. He set a career high with eight targets against the Atlanta Falcons. They lost 21-14. to Marvin Jones, six targets, four receptions, 43 yards. But LaVisca Chenault outshines Laquan Treadwell in the target department with nine, but five catches, 33 yards. Again, deflating, underwhelming game from LaVisca Chenault. Tavon Austin, 7 routes, 2 targets, 2 receptions, 21 yards. I expect them to use Tavon a little bit more. I didn't expect the LaQuan mini breakout, I guess you could say, you know, 9.3 fantasy points. He had 8 targets, but I mean, I want to see this again. I want to see what the hell LaQuan can do another week. Is is LaQuan Treadwell going to really fit into this this T Higgins, this Justin Ross role? Is this really what we're going to see happening? They play the Rams this week, Titans, Houston, Jets. I'm going to say this right now because this game against the Rams, I'm going to assume, and I have it, you can go check it out right now on playoffrofiler.com, go to the cornerback rankings. The matchup I have right now is Ramsey on LaVisca because LaVisca is the most talented receiver in this offense. He's probably the best receiver. He's probably better than Marvin Jones in my opinion. I think... Ramsey's been in the nickel a lot more this season. I think it's 38% or 44%, something like that. And Marvin Jones on the outside, LaVisca on the inside, Treadwell, they're just going to leave out there on an island. He's going to get Dante Dion. He's going to get, if Darius Williams is out there, David Long, whoever's out there, they're just going to push him out there and they're going to ignore him. That's the thing that in this offense is Marvin Jones is respected enough, LaVisca's talented enough, that is just going to be standing out there. And he's doing that against the Rams, they're going to get passed on. doing it again against the Titans. The Titans are terrible. Houston, terrible. New York Jets, terrible. That is your fantasy playoffs. Tennessee, Houston, Jets. I'm not even joking right now. Laquan Treadwell, if it's not LaVisca, and I'm I'm praying it's LaVisca, obviously, but I'm just saying right now, getting you ready because if this happens, I think the whole freaking world is going to melt. But if LaVisca does not break out, because of respect and because people are, are bracketing him and and, and, and containing LaVisca and Marvin Jones, Laquan Treadwell could break out in the fantasy playoffs and be a year six breakout late in the season in the fantasy playoffs. Am I trusting that? Hell no. But if he does something like this again, where he gets eight more targets with two red zone targets And over 100 air yards, he had 107 this week. If he does that again against the Rams, I might just trust him against the Tennessee Titans, the Houston Texans, and the New York Jets in the fantasy playoffs. So be careful and be weary of Laquan Treadwell. But continue to buy LaVisca Chanel because you know what? He's a stud, and I've been saying this week after week. James Robinson returns 17 Rush attempts, 86 rushing yards, 15 routes. Carlos Hyde, 19 routes, four targets for Robinson. And the tight end, Dan Arnold, goes to IR with Oshag Hennessy returning for the second consecutive week. He gets five targets, three receptions, 29 yards. Oshag Hennessy is going to keep getting these targets. Believe it. Trust it. If you need a tight end, don't use him because he's not getting touchdowns. He's not getting mad fantasy points. He's going to get you seven points a week. That's about all you can trust out of Oshag. Let's move to Detroit and let's wrap this show up. Josh Reynolds is now the number one receiver in this offense. Five targets, 21 routes, three receptions, 70 yards. As expected, he picks up where he left off with Jared Goff. Continued to trust Josh Reynolds and the schedule. Minnesota, Denver, Arizona, Atlanta, Seattle. He's going to get more opportunities. DeAndre Swift is injured, and he's considered day-to-day, week-to-week. But... I know we're talking about the Detroit Lions, but if you bring DeAndre Swift back, like you're at this point in the season, it's week 13. You got six games left. You got Minnesota, Denver, Arizona, Atlanta, Seattle. Why in the hell would you ever bring DeAndre Swift back in the season? Let him go. Let him rest. Let him get healthy. Let him go into the offseason, not torn, no torn ligaments. Let him go into the offseason, sub-healthy, get right, and then come back for 2022 with an even more upgraded defense and maybe a different quarterback, some more weapons outside, and get ready for a real breakout, a real year three breakout. We've already seen what Swift is. Let's let him come back next year with five more pounds of muscle and dominate. Don't do this to us. Do not do this to us, Dan Campbell. Please give DeAndre Swift the rest. And let's see what Jamal Williams, let's see what Jamar Jefferson can do. Give Jamal some carries so he can leave next year. Give Jamar some carries so you can see what every team in the NFL missed out on with Jamar Jefferson. Come on, guys. Give these guys opportunities. Get Swift some rest. He needs it. Like I said, though, Josh Reynolds is that key go-to guy outside of TJ Hawkinson, three for three, 35 yards. Hawkinson's underwhelming. Quite frankly, he is. Khalif Raymond, four targets. Amon Ross St. Brown, four targets, four for 23, three for 31 for Khalif Raymond. Those are your three guys. Kaderil Hodge, three snaps, two routes, no targets. But at running back, it's Jamal Williams, 15 carries, 65 yards, 14 routes run, two routes in the slot, five targets, five receptions, 18 yards. Swift was in from three carries. He had three targets, three receptions, nine yards. And Jamar only ran four routes, had no carries, had no targets. Godwin, Igawukabuki, one carry, 11 yards, one target. He's going to be in there. He's a very explosive athlete. But when you're comparing situations like Carolina and like Detroit, we're talking Amir Abdullah and Chuba Hubbard. Those are going to be the two guys that are really focused on, I think, in waivers this week and in next week, especially because they're coming off bye. Okay, you got the bye. That's painful. You got Atlanta. That's a great matchup. But then you got Tampa, New Orleans, Tampa. Brutal. Like I already said earlier, against the run game. Jamar Jefferson, Jamal Williams have Minnesota been shown to get dominated in the run game. Denver, that's pretty tough on defense. Arizona, Atlanta, Seattle, not the toughest run defenses in the NFL. I would prefer a Jamar, a Jamal Williams, two, an Abdullah, two, a Chuba Hubbard in fantasy, rest of season. But am I going out to spend all my fab on any of these guys? It's going to be none of them. I don't want any of them. I don't want any of them. Point blank, period. But in Dynasty, go get yourself some Jamar Jefferson.